You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman. To my left, Graham Trainer, and in studio, in the flesh, our annual interview with Kate Zellup. How are you, Kate? Doing great. I'm excited to be back here with you guys. This also is a bit of a rarity because we're having like three interviews in like four or five weeks here. Usually it's us idiots that's in the same room talking to be back and forth <laughs> at each other, saying the same dumb jokes. So we're glad to have a third person to bounce our dumb jokes off of just to reaffirm if we're actually funny. Yeah, no, I think you guys are funny. That was a pity. That was a pity. <laughs> you guys are funny. I, yeah, that was a I, I funny can, weird. Funny, yeah, funny haha. Funny, funny, <laughs> that was a pity one. Um, no. So last, do we, do we tell the same jokes? You tell the same jokes. Oh, I try okay. to keep it fresh. My bad. You, I messed up the intro again. You just hounded me on that joke. God, I, well, we talked about this last week. Like you're nervous around the talent, so. That's why I bring the pizza, shake the hand, yeah, say thanks for coming. The partnership is so real. Build the talent. Yeah, yeah I, I literally like try to look at my paper a lot and stick stick to the questions and moving along kind of thing. I keep the ball rolling. You do. You you are you are the pro. Speaking of which, color guy, kings and queens of Corbett's. <laughs> no, do you still hold the title of like? Well, okay, inaugural. Let's give, inaugural. Yes, let's yeah. give you some titles here. Inaugural queen, first back to back queen. And then third year was a runner-up. So you had a princess of Corbett's? I don't know. Third, I was in third. I don't know what rank that is. Me neither. I've watched plenty of Game Jester? of Thrones, but I don't know what yeah, that just means. Kidding. Jester just feels kidding. right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the cool thing, like, I guess two two titles and everyone else has one. So I'm going to stick with that, run with that. Yes. And then when someone else gets two titles, maybe I'll go back and... Try to get one more because that's the competitive nature. <laughs> oh, I like, oh, I like that. that. A, bro- like, a bronze crown. Exactly. Bronze it's crown. like yeah. you all go time. ahead and get two, and then we'll see. We'll, then we'll put this I'll back on my radar. Blindly again into that cooler, but until then, let's let's talk about that because you this year let's call it opting out. Mm-hmm. You said let king and a king and queens is something of maybe to play upon on like my, was my launching point, and you didn't feel like you needed that in your year your annual kind of like. What am I trying to say? Like, I don't know how how what it's called when you're a pro skier and you have your kind of annual calendar. Mm-hmm. Is it like a routine? Would you call it your annual routine of hucking yourself off into Corbett's? Yeah, I thought it was kind of expected to because I did. It was such a big role in my career that I was known as like the inaugural king, queen of Corbett's. So um, still are still are still true. Are. The thing actually, which is a little funny, but I, I got bad nightmares about it and I would have these fun. It wasn't even well, nightmares. Why? <laughs> right? I know. Weird. Uh, but I would. it wasn't even scary. I'd be like up at the top and not have my ski boots on. So it wasn't super gnarly carnage. It was more that stress of like you're going on a trip and you can't find your luggage or something. Yes. I, that is so funny. The only members of my family had the same dream where we can play one more game, but we forgot our shoes. Right. Or we forgot our jersey. Oh, I have or the, mom yeah. left something in the dryer. You're scrambling. Like, the old high school, I've, I'm in the wrong class or I studied the wrong that study for the wrong class, and exactly. I'm in the exam, and I'm yeah. just totally They're handing not, out a physics not exam. prepared gear or knowledge not to now, night terrors. Okay, not to dwell on this nightmare so much. Did you ever like go off the lip during these dreams? It was mostly me running around like a crazy person trying to find the gear that I was missing prior to the drop in, and it happened like, kid you not, the day after the comp for the past two years. I would be like 
whoo, I did it. Like, we're done. And then the next night, it would just kind of be this reoccurring thing. And I started to realize that that wasn't really healthy and it was taking a lot of my energy. So I kind of made a decision going to this year, no matter how bad I wanted to do it when it came around, no matter how good it was looking, I was just going to take a year. And I'm grateful it did. I did it. The viz and that north wind that ran through that couloir the week prior just like made it windboardy. And those athletes, like, I don't think they're given enough credit for the conditions that they they worked in this year. It was pretty insane. I was going to ask you about that because it looked like a lot of people were bouncing. Carnage, man. <laughs> and I don't, that wasn't because of the lack of talent. Those are the most talented riders out there. That the way the couloir works, especially with tough light, is if you just can't see any definition in the snow when you're jumping because you're so high off the ground. So if you don't have any light, like it's basically just a huck and pray type of deal. So I don't know, some stuff that got thrown in there I was pretty impressed with. And again, the snow quality, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I saw a snowboarder slow down his speed by uh, buttering the left wall. That was an accident. I know. Oh, oh that's no, what I, I did see that. The left I side. That was an accident. Was that yeah. the wind blowing him around? Maybe, but he wasn't planning on Huck that. Fucking pray. Dude, <laughs> I can't. He, that was like, it's so sick, but it's I could imagine that being so scary, being like, we're going to touch it. Like, I didn't mean to touch it. <laughs> it's getting it's getting closer. Oh, my it's God. It's much closer than I intended. <laughs> I'm just going to – he pulled it off well. Oh, it's my like God. He, it was like he pet it like a dog. It was just totally. like, oh, just like I, can, I pulled it off, and then I slowly went right, and now I'm back in the couloir, and things, things like are that, okay. I think show the athleticism, too, like the recovery. Yeah. Like, he wasn't planning on that. He pulled it off pretty sick. So that was cool also, the first snowboarder female winner. It's usually skiers, so oh. that's a cool switch up, I think. Who was that? Let's give him a shout-out here. Our girl, Madison Buckley. Madison She's Buckley. She's awesome. Mad Worlds on Instagram. But it was cool. I ran into all the snowboard girls in the Albertsons parking lot prior to the comp, and Jess McMillan had sent out this email asking if we wanted to separate it into skiers and snowboarders. And I asked the girls what their thoughts were because it is a different sport and entering in Corbett's on a snowboard is tricky. And they're like, no, dude, screw that. Like, we want to be pushed by the whole collective, like, girl posse. And I thought that was really cool. So it's cool to have them be stoked to compete with skiers and then take home the crown, too. From my untrained eye, like, I guess the best way to relate it to our general listening audience is the DH in baseball. <laughs> yes, I was gonna I was gonna go with that, but second to that was like when you look at the X Games and you see snowmob- snowboarders, the tricks you're like, okay, like I understand that. And then you see a skier and there's so many angles Spins. and the poles are going everywhere <laughs> and it just looks like a Jackie Chan movie and you're like, what did I just watch? Totally. So there is a and to my untrained eye, I'm like, that's cooler than that, even if it's the same trick, skier and snowboarder, which is probably impossible. But it's like, no, the poles add a good uh, like spinning effect. That's clearly <laughs> harder than than a snowboard snowboard trick. But that's not the case. Yeah, I think just the surface area and the independent feet, like be like if I'm in the air and things aren't going well, I can do things to make sure that my body's still over like my center of gravity is where it needs to be. And I, mm-hmm. I guess as a snowboarder you have that same ability. It's just foreign to me. But they definitely have a different approach and it's cool that they've come so far. I feel like women snowboarding, I don't know. I really appreciate that whole crew because they're just kind of throwing down and it's cool to see. Who was the male winner this year? Carl Fosved, who is the original king. Oh, so, really? Yeah, he came back in the past two years. He didn't podium. I don't, I'm sorry. The second year, he got second place to Travis Rice and then didn't. Well. Yeah, right. Travis. Who? Had, 
Never heard of him. <laughs> God, that he was he was running a cop like Kate a couple, Man, of, I couple I knew he was peaks over. Wait, you really? No, I'm just, no, oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I thought you thought my you were like I don't know Graham knows who that is. Graham, <laughs> Graham actually doesn't know who Travis Rice is. <laughs> you're just being facetious. Mm-hmm. But um, most of the time, Carl's a maniac, and it's kind of cool to see him come back after a couple years and not winning and take it back. So he has as much hardware as you. He does. Well, he's got, yeah, a second place instead of a third place, but the amount of actual hardware, yes. Do you have a trophy case yet? I left a lot of, I have a lot of trophies at my mom's place because I feel weird having them in like my adult room. It just feels like weird if like people like come in. I'm like, this, this is my trophy case. That's, it's better to, it's like the child, childhood room yeah, back home. Totally. You're not melting them into gold for cash. That's good. No, yeah. I do have the original. The original crown is like my prized possession, mm. yes. and it turned into kind of like before COVID, like this party thing that we brought out. As it should, yeah. Because I don't have any crowns laying around. Well, this one's pretty cool. You can borrow it. It has like a buckle in the back, like a ski buckle to tighten really? it, and fur that's just like soaked in PBR. It's <laughs> perfect. Uh, <laughs> it's a if, beautiful thing. If I start seeing that floating around at a bar post COVID, I'm gonna be like, I actually lost my crown the second year. I traded it. Michelle Parker, who's like one of my favorite skiers, was in town and she didn't have a ticket to the party. And I like ran into her and she's like, I can't get a ticket. I'm like, watch this. And I like <sighs> was drinking and I traded my crown for a ticket and got her in. But I have no idea where the crown ended up. So there's a crown somewhere in Jackson, I'm sure. With the ticket, the person oh, hold, hold on a second. held on to it even after. Uh, yeah, I just like was like, here, take this crown. Yeah. I want your ticket. Get this cool chicken. I want her to think I'm cool. <laughs> oh, so you gave it to some random person off for the street. Ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And this person it's on, it's brought it back. Brought it back. <laughs> let's get it on eBay. Like, for, let's get it back for her. There yeah. is a skid yeah. palace somewhere in East Jackson that totally. was like, check yes, it's, it's this up. out. Oh, um, it's kind of cool to think about. That's yeah. History. There's there's some yeah. There's some sort of legendary. And, uh, when I was bartending, I think there was a, a kickball cup that everyone drank out of <laughs> that I never actually saw but only heard about. Also, funny to think about that in COVID that you would like pass around some like trophy with gross beer in it to like 40 people and drink out of it. I watch movies now. I'm like, no one's wearing masks. I'm like, my brain is oh, so it, warped. It does mess you up a little bit. It's so weird. It's or, so warped. Yeah, reality show or whatever. You're like, what, what's going on? Blowing there, candles there out on a cake. You're like, ew. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Why is that ever okay? <laughs> <laughs> How did like, everyone survive back then? <laughs> it's terrifying. So much COVID on this child's <laughs> yeah. Instead of like lead-based paint that our parents always do, we, <laughs> we didn't even wear seatbelts. Like, we didn't even wear a mask, my child. Yeah. All right, bro? <laughs> bro. Uh, I didn't, well, I didn't see. So the celebration, there's still, uh, there was no cancellation of having fun times with the with the cup. Like the the... I didn't even see the, what's the trophy look like besides the, this the crown. This was different. It was like, like a, there's a, a jug. skull, like a painted skull. No painted jug. Painted skull. This year, though, they did, like, uh, athlete dinner at the top of the gondola. So, no. I think that's also, I mean, whatever. I wasn't going to do it anyway. But <laughs> without an after party, Scoff. like, come on. No, what is that, a white tablecloth? <laughs> yeah. Are your pants pleated, nerd? <laughs> nerd. Um, as an athlete, do you get invited to fancy dinners and people have to point at the correct fork and, like, just be like. Honestly, yeah. I'm, like, I was pretty embarrassed not that long ago because also I'm out of. I don't know. I don't go to restaurants anymore, really. And I was sure. doing this shoot with Rivian, um, which is an electric truck company. It's really actually a bad Wait, ask. is this the one based out of like Ohio or the Midwest somewhere? Mm-hmm. Wait, somebody's done this last time. I night. think Joe, just start, side note, Joe Burrow represents this company. Really? They're sweet. And the way that they work is kind of like a snowmobile throttle. Or like basically you don't really use the 
the brake, you let off the gas to make it stop accelerating. And the engineer that was in town was doing donuts in the Stilson parking lot, but there was no revving of the engine. So it's like kind of confusing because as you're doing donuts and accelerating, you're not hearing the the rev of the engine. So a wild car. But basically we did a wrap dinner at Genevieve with all these like creative directors out of LA and people that are like much fancier than I shooting on film cameras and like ordering food. And I'm like, what is that? This is so, called an appetizer cake. So Until it becomes before If I cut the meat and cheese up and place it on a board, it's called charcuterie. Charcuterie. I, I actually um, shout out to John McCarthy, a brewer at the Brew Pub, one of Massey's old coworkers. <laughs> I skied with him yesterday, and he mentioned he was in the. He's like, you may see me in this. He's like, we're talking, we're talking stocks for a second, oh. like post moose beers, like stocks, like thirty, you know, thirty <laughs> sure. year old people shit stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a while since so I almost cussed. <laughs> Maybe I'm nervous. Um, and he brought this Rivian. Rivian? Yeah. You said, yeah, Rivian mm-hmm. Company. I was like, that's interesting. They're he, cool. He was in the background on their um, – they were pretending to – or they were actually um, doing uh, hitchhiking yeah. pickups on the past, there, is what he yeah. said. So you were there. Cool. Yeah, so they cool. did uh, – it just came out today, but Brian Aguchi, basically, it's kind of like – talking about his transition from being a professional snowboarder into a family man and they show his like incredibly cute kids this truck for the first time and they lose their mind but i bring yeah i definitely go to dinners and i'm like god i don't really know what wine i want like this is so stressful i'm getting better i feel like <laughs> yeah i don't know just time. rose you just go for rose every time oh, like, i feel like that's not really a good move. i feel like red wine is classy and malbecs i know are from argentina and it's like ooh, like ooh, internet. Know, okay. cultured, cultured. Right? I don't know. Yes, Malbec's. I read the, on the front of the box. It usually says Malbec or Zinfandel or Cab Sav or whatever it is. Salad fork. Yeah, that's tough. Those Which one is out. it? I, it's a smaller one. I prefer I a smaller. That, I me prefer too. a smaller fork. Yeah, I'd rather eat with a salad fork. That's a whole different story. <laughs> See, Back to skiing. Back to skiing. <laughs> uh, is it a conflict of interest that you got a new Tundra and then are repping an electric truck? Dodge Ram, baby. Oh, was it Dodge Ram? Dodge Ram, oh, I felt like I was, That's American. I, I felt like I knew, I knew better. I tundra, the biggest Tundra, the biggest Tundra factories in like Houston. Damn. Well, it started out Japanese. It's like B- BMW's biggest factories in South Carolina or something. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Look it up. Yeah. Look it up. Well, the thing with the Rivian is it's got a four and a half foot bed, so I can't do much with that. You put a Razor scooter in there. But I like. I feel like I've I've done a lot of things in my career where it's, you have to like pick and choose if you want to be like human powered or not. And like the snowmobile is such a great tool that like the truck goes hand in hand, and it's just mm-hmm. a necessary evil. I recycle. I turn off my lights, but give we, and take. We believe you. We is do it, too. Isn't yeah. that funny? I, this is such a going to be boring about me, but I work for a packing company, so like I have to recycle a lot of cardboards, but some of the plastic goes in the trash, so I am aware of that. And like force my wife to shut off the water in between like brushing teeth <laughs> and where she's wet in her toothbrush. I'm like, you gotta turn off the water. She's like, you gotta save it. Lay off me. I'm like, my footprint is too big, and this is how my conscience can <laughs> make it up. Guilty. Um, you can't. You can't. So new like truck plastics here, by the way. We're, yeah, I know. We're, pla- we're anti-plastic show. Uh, anti-oil. Yeah, anti-oil. <laughs> what else are we? We're anti-Nazis. That That's too. Good. A lot yeah, of recently. Things. Yeah. Good for you guys. <laughs> um, we've really put our foot down in some places. Um how sweet is it owning a big truck and having oh a God. snowmobile dude i actually found way more like confidence in it than i thought i was going to but yeah. the way people like look at you and then they like see you're a chick and then they're like oh sick i don't know there's something wild about it yeah there's, there's power yeah. how long have you had it like, i got the 10 truck months 
Yeah. Yeah. I got the truck and the in snowmobile. June. Got the sled in December. Oh, you just got the sled. Mm-hmm. Nice. This is year one on a sled? Year one on a sled. Matthew's got a sled, too. I got a sled. Well, it's an S. It's we don't have to compare sleds. It's an not XS Viper. Let's not whip them out. 2003. <laughs> Sick. A what? Viper? That's vintage. And uh, oh, three. That's when I graduated high school. Dog. It, <laughs> nice. That's old. <laughs> it only has a thousand miles on it. Is she fresh? Huh? And it beats the hell out of me. Oh, they're so tiring. It's insane. Yeah. It's it's frustrating. I don't have one. And let me admit I've been, this. Been on them. They're awesome. But it's frustrating to look at your Instagram account and watch you do cool stuff on a snowmobile. When I'm like, why doesn't my 2003 snowmobile? Do that, what Kate Zellif is doing. And uh, it, it might be the sled. It might be the athlete. I'm going to guess it's a combination of probably, probably both. the sled, though. I think technology has come a long way in the past 15 years. What is the – all right, coach me up. What is the biggest thing I need to know season one on the sled? Not being afraid of tipping over has been helpful for me. Also, That comes natural. Mm, it just it, happens. That's what I mean, like – the ride number two late into it where I was like... Because if you don't lean it up on edge, you're just fighting it the whole time. Yeah, you're not... Yeah. You have to find that teeter point. But I also am really lucky that I hang out with... Or, like, the people that have taken me under their wing are really good at being like, hey, it's stuck this way. Let's roll it in this direction. Like, having those type of people... Because it's honestly just like a puzzle getting those things unstuck. Have you started to go uphill yet? I feel like that's a part of me that I might not ever conquer. Oh, yeah. You got to go to Phillips. You're immediately uphill... I don't know. But you have to cross the street and people are watching. I know. Oh, yeah. We were talking about this. It is. Yeah. That Phillips is kind of stressful because it's like busy and it's tight and you're like trying to do your thing. I actually had a buddy. We were up there filming and he his ramp broke. So he's like on his way up and the ramp broke and he like flipped off his truck like into the road. It was really hectic. But yeah, it's just kind of that traffic, too. I mean, you guys know it. But from Idaho, it's pretty Mm -hmm. at 5 p.m. when you're usually coming out is that just constant snake. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if I, that's too much pressure. It's a lot of pressure, and also that's different like, than falling under the chairlift. Different, yeah, but similar because <laughs> it's like eyes on. But it's definitely funny because yeah. I think I I get a little bit of leeway being a female because I am like there aren't many out there and it's a heavy machine and so people are nice to me. But I'm also like I'm always nervous. I'm gonna mess up and I'm gonna have to be on the radio. And be like I'm stuck again. <laughs> They're all cool though. <laughs> uh, my last radio call was. Uh, to my wife Hillary saying, "I just fell off a tree. <laughs> I'm I'm head down in a tree. Well, can you please come take off my skis?" So, I feel like uh, my my crutch is sometimes a woman where I'm like, "Can you please, please? that maternal come energy in the mountains? Come please come help me. I'm stuck." There's all types of st- statistics that say that women like having a woman in your party like increases your survival rate by an insane amount. Just the maternal energy. That okay. makes so much sense. Like if you. Luckily, I'm I'm in a position where I'm like, you're just in charge, like wife. <laughs> you're in charge. You start you start making decisions, and usually I'm doing less dumb things. Yeah. Which so, maybe it applies to your career where where you can have a little bit of longevity. I don't even know where we are in this interview, but uh, I'm gonna start yeah. maybe peppering you with a little bit of Hit questions. Me. Let her take her time though. Um, I wanted to ask you about Jimmy Chin because we've been DMing him on this show. Really, we. Uh, and Massey has been DMing. De- de- I, I will. I'm, I'm shameful too with certain other people, but I've not been. Jimmy's not yours. Not no. I Massey's started with white the Oscars. Whale. This is white whale. I know. I talk about this all the time. I started with you the want Oscars. Him on here? We can get him on here. I bet. We should do that. Well, Massey, Don't look, tease me. Massey, do not. He's back here in Massey, March. Not He's in even, Nepal right now, but he'll be back. Of course he is. <laughs> I started DM maybe after an Oscar or two. That's probably when a lot of people started DMing. Makes sense. But the first time I spotted Jimmy Chin, I was a mountain host. 
And I was up on the early Gandhi with all like the cool people that are allowed up there and the sure. rich people that pay their way up there. Mm-hmm. And he was standing perfectly underneath this like hanging light and he was illuminated. And you could tell that there was a circle around him and everyone was paying attention. And he was just doing this cool stretch where he's loosening his <laughs> hips. And I was like, that's him. He's so cool. Should I approach him? <laughs> but you've actually had an interaction with him. Can you tell me about your interaction? Uh, yeah. We, uh, as a piggy G's, he actually came up and got a slice. So this is actually a true story. Was it awesome? Yeah. Did he tip? He did tip. Oh, yeah. He Jimmy cares Jim about tips. locals. Gosh, so, yeah, I think sound, Kate has more he sounds to say. So but I much cooler than I, I imagined. Did. He's so cool. He actually, we, the coolest part about Jimmy is we met on a tram, like not planning to ski together solo. He was just going to rip laps and kind of like, basically, uh, Kit Delorier is one of his favorite mountain partners and a North Face athlete. And we, I used to coach her kids. And so I kind of like started a conversation and he was like, wait, I don't really have anyone to ski with. You like want to ski? We skied laps and it was awesome. And. Wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. That's all it was? Hey, you want to go skiing? Yeah. And you were just in the right position. I'm just going to start riding the tram. I'm going to ride it up and down until he gets I'm like, Oh, hey, funny to see you, Jimmy. That's so weird, Jimmy. He's um, like, don't talk. Dude, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. But then we just did a Samsung commercial together, which was really cool because the premise, like this phone that they made, the camera's incredible, and it was him shooting a ski video we got to go like heli skiing in Sun Valley, which was sweet. And I got to spend like seven days in the mountains with him. And he is as cool as you are imagining. Okay, hold on. A lot of unpackage there. The first time <laughs> we started talking three years ago, we were talking salsa. True. Still and got them. <laughs> they're, they're ride or die. <laughs> salsa. Oh, yeah. All Love right. It. So your sponsorship has moved on from salsa to Samsung? I'm not necessarily a sponsored athlete, but I did a shoot for them. So From Samsung? For Samsung. You right. have you have Blizzard, Blizzard, right? and Technica, Technica, and Ten Ten Barrel. I paid full price. I saw Ten Barrel, and I was like, "That's." I that's paid full alley. price for my Technica boots. Nice. Um, Ten Barrel. I, now that I know, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. start with Jimmy. Jimmy Chen. will put your boots on for you. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I I don't even want to imagine. So wait. So what else we got? Let's. We're talking electric trucks. We're talking Samsung. Any other cool just events? Or commercials you get to shoot? Those were the main ones this year, which was cool. I'd never really done. It's very different than, you know, the sports kind of filming of ski movies. It's more creative, and I enjoyed that. It wasn't necessarily, I wasn't getting air or doing anything gnarly, but it's kind of nice to have that change of pace because, as you can imagine, you can't, like, be gnarly all the time. Your adrenals will fail you. What was the name of the thing you just said? Adrenals. Do I just nod my head and continue? Don't let me get hung up on words. Is the Samsung commercial A? Is it like you do some cool stuff, then you guys have like a funny line at the end that you say to each other? Oh, do you have a speaking role on YouTube? Or I think it's going to be one of those that kind of like comes up on your Facebook when you start shopping for phones, like cookies or something. Oh, you say phone in your living room, and next thing you know, it's a cookie pop up. You're a pop up. I'm a pop up now. Wow. I've come a long way, but I think, Capitalist. <laughs> oh yeah, there's, um, I don't know, skiing's really hot right now and mm-hmm. people are like getting the hell outside, getting it's outside. Yeah. So there we, the premise was pow and puppies. We had this, um, okay. this okay, dog, so easy. <laughs> Mac, he was the man, he was an avi dog. So cute. German shepherd, two years old, very well behaved. Wow. Came in the heli with us. That my was a German trip. shepherd is eating my apple remote. So I don't even want to oh, talk about man. it. Got to get him hanging out with Mac. So is, he went heli skiing with the dog. Yeah. He went heli skiing with you. Wow, that's cool. That's fun. Just, it just it wasn't afraid of the rotors or. I think it's just super well trained due to the fact that it's like an avi dog and 
maybe it's been around helicopters and training before, but it was really calm. But it did have a rough ride, I guess. Like we had weather moving in, so we had a very short window, and the dog was spooked after getting brought in because it was super rowdy and bumpy and poor, poor little guy. Max, right? <laughs> M-A-K. Mac. So Mac, Mac. Mac is like, what is it this time? I'm like, this, this thing is super loud and it's bumpy. Does do you ever? Are you ever filming a Samsung commercial and you're like, how in the world did me not making the ski U.S. ski team lead to this? I actually have had a couple moments this year where I'm like, what? How does this? Because you, it becomes so normal. And you're then just like, making out your calendar and you're like, oh, these three days, Samsung commercial. Jimmy Chin. When Jimmy Chin put me on his Instagram today, that's when I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even, oh, I got to hop on. Hop on there. But I think, yeah, those are kind of moments like you can get so wrapped up in it. And I think especially with the filming game, it is more of a grind than people realize, like tons of long days back to back it's also you're doing filler stuff you're doing like lifestyle content gear partnership deliverables and then you like get a little i got a little bit tired and therefore grumpy and then i was able to switch in and be like 12 year old kate would be like so fired up like come on pay attention perspective is key calm down this is a great crazy job but it's like a very cool opportunity so with this crazy job, it has its highs of like you just nailed your line or you're on, you do have a great film day. It, how do you recover? And, and we had a conversation off air, but professional athletes have like a secret set of equipment and and pharmaceuticals that we don't have as normal people. <laughs> Is that correct? I don't know about the pharmaceuticals. I, w- I mean, maybe that's the next generation. I'm going to hit you up about one of these things I'm asking about and pharmaceuticals. Might be yeah, okay, okay. All right, Get all right. her in trouble. All right. <laughs> But I will tell you that... A bad heartburn. That's all I'm asking about. <laughs> we'll get you set up. The Norma... This is funny, but the Norma Tech Pants, which is the same brand that makes the hyperized massage gun. This oh, is, I like that thing. It's amazing. Moose Hockey Locker Room. Shout out. It's amazing. Yeah. And they have they make these puffy pants. This part is definitely what you were just <laughs> discussing. And it's almost semi-embarrassing. But I have these pants that basically fill with air and um, for like... You can put them on from 15 minutes up to an hour, and they move the lactic acid out of your legs. What? So you know when you're, like, super heavy from, like, glory laps and you're just kind of feeling off? You can put those on for 20 minutes, and it genuinely feels, like, maybe not 100% fresh, but. So, wait. So they're. I'm so confused. Is it like the little. So when you stand in front of the fan as a kid and you lift your shirt up and and your shirt gets puffed up and you you act like a muscle man for a while, is that what we're talking about? What do you mean puffy pants? Um, I have a photo. I guess it doesn't help listeners, but they are just like these weird pants that you put on with a zipper, and it and it completely like is. Oh, there's air chambers. Is that Mm -hmm. what I'm? Is that what you're describing? And it moves up and down your leg, and therefore does something with the lactic acid and helps it move out. Oh, it's it's not like little pulse. Um, I'm thinking like you know a, a body like clear. Like those little things. It's not like those are on your legs. That's like, a defibrillator. It's not like a vibrator defibrillator. Well, don't <laughs> brag about your I got nurse one wife. Word. There's one word I got out of this whole interview. And defibrillator is a three-syllable word. I couldn't think of Canada. I couldn't think of Canada out there. My she book said something garbage. with an A earlier. So it's not like little. <laughs> sure it's knows. not like a massage pant where it's like battery no, operated. They are. That's crazy. Battery operated. I'm trying to find a photo oh. for you. But they're amazing, and that would be a piece of equipment that the I would say. The listeners can look you up. Yeah. What, what's your? Uh, oh. C-A-I-T-E underscore Z as in zebra, E-L-I-F-F as in Frank. Date of post? I'm going to check these pants out. You know, these pants. You know, uh, Zelleth is actually before me in the alphabet. I'm still alive. So, so which wait, is awesome. Let's, let's go back to the childhood you days. You are deep in Z-I. And 
Was it super easy for you to line up in line as a kid? Yeah, just back of the line immediately. <laughs> yeah, I had, Last two, I had a, I had a uh, I had a twin brother who's Troy, and then I had a cousin who was Greg, and I was right in the middle of them. And so I let them, I let Greg worry about where he was, and they would stand to the right of him. That's yeah, it's so, easier because then you don't have to be like LMNO like in there. That's hard. And then the ABCs were a little tougher than usual, and then reading never came really came around. But you know, hey, you hey, know, we all have our strengths. The <laughs> you're reading your interview questions right now. Show these me go, how you can read. <laughs> these go right. These go left or right, top to bottom. Um, so you were talking about con- like filming for content. Mm-hmm. What is what's the more challenging part? Is to like play a kind of an actor role when you're saying, "Hey, this is this this is post ski day." We're having a great time. Is that come a little more natural or does the skiing come a little more natural when you're filming a, uh, a shoot? Skiing is definitely the most natural, but just time behind or in front of a camera has I've gotten so much better at it. Like if you look at my Warren Miller footage, like the first year I did these things or even before that, like, I don't know anything I did for Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. I was all awkward. And now I feel like I like anything you practice enough and you're like, this is part of the job. And it's also I do feel like being. An athlete, you have to be multifaceted, especially in the outdoor industry. Like, unless you're the best, you have to be able to, like, talk in front of a camera, articulate, also explain. I think people want to know more about behind the scenes and kind of, like, being able to explain the thought process of being on a line or whatever and bring the the person watching into kind of your thought process. And I think being as relatable as possible is really helpful. So I've definitely gotten better, but it's never, like, I always feel like a goober. Like, right. it's never, like... I don't feel cool when I'm doing it. I'm like, all right, it's December 15th, and like we've got three inches overnight. We're going to go like get it. Like, There's no part of me that's like, this feels good. <laughs> that sounded like the old, uh, well, back before the JH Tapped app, Ooh. there was a line that you called, and there was somebody on the other end reading a script that sounded like, three inches overnight. <laughs> there are like 127 trails open today. Like They still have that on the Tapped app, which is sweet. Do Jeff Ledger does it, and at the end he ends with a quote, which is always like, either whimsical or inspiring or funny and so it's a nice way to like start your day my first winter it snowed 700 inches and then yeah. snowed like 100 inches between lifts closing in june Whoa. and so there was this there was this huge snow year and it ended multiple times with get out there wasn't even like a report <laughs> all it said was get out here now and like the person hung up the phone and that was the end of the the, the whole thing that's so funny. Now you've done. I've seen. I've stalked you on Instagram before mm-hmm. the interview, and I've seen some more. I don't know how to describe it. More adventures, or maybe you you're testing out uh, different facets of winter culture. Meaning, you started on skis. Mm-hmm. You have now have a snowmobile, and now I'm seeing that you're maybe dabbling in winter camping. <laughs> Trying to. I feel like it's the a natural... first experience seemed like it was a little rough. I actually have a video I'm going to put out soon about the winter experience. It was, I mean, the first winter camping experience. Super rough. Not what we expected. Lots of rain. Lots of that build up on your skin where you're like carrying around an extra 30 pounds because it's sticking and I didn't have the wax or whatever. So let's explain it to my Southern Alabamian parents and family. <laughs> you went out with camping gear on your back. Were you dragging a sled at all? No, we kept it because of the nature. Like, the snow is so sticky. We decided to just keep it on our back, like 40 or 50-pound packs. We had this intention of going. Uh, we were south of town, like Dog Creek area, and we were going to go ski something cool out there. And we had the storm coming in. It was going to be epic. And then it got really hot, and it rained on us for seven hours. And then the temps dropped to, like, 
close to zero, if not below zero. Everything froze, including our stove. So like no water, really no food, just the leftover water we had from the day. And yeah, it was pretty miserable. But I, I do think it's a natural progression and like how far you want to take it. You start out like skiing resort and you get a beacon and you go in the backcountry and then you're like, oh, I want to go deeper, especially in this day and age when the resort's so busy especially filming where you're not allowed to have tracks in the frame. You have to go I forget about deeper. that part. Yeah. So the sled was kind of a natural progression, but it does make me feel like, I don't know, you have to be even more, it's a next level kind of, a, it's like a new challenge, which is exciting. It's like you've completed one level of Mario World exactly. and then you, you get to the next one. Is there, what is the progression? You We've gone, we've made a big leap this year. Huge. Snowmobile to winter camping. Mm-hmm. I'm a complete weenie and I'm like, is there a yurt? Can I like warm no, I up my you. feet by the fire? How was that one night in the frozen rain? It's trying. Which is way different than snow for all those Southern listeners out there. <laughs> like snow is different than frozen rain. For sure. I was lucky because one of my best friends was on the trip and we found a lot of humor in it and we just laughed. And like at that point, you're just full suffer fest and you're in it. Like <laughs> there's nothing you can do. And we had whiskey, which helped. I, it, I, I've found very few situations where whiskey has not helped. I would have to go, especially being cold for some, whatever reason, it does work when you up. <laughs> but yeah. It's, there's, it's science. It's science. Exactly. I think that's also just having the right gear and equipment. I had a zero degree and that wasn't quite cutting it. So Yeah, I, was, I got one. Yes. Okay. Question for me. <laughs> yeah, question trainer. For me. I'm, I'm reading off the questions. I'm just like throwing it pepper style. Just Mas- Ma- we, we know as a show, I'm, I'm brains. Massey's like the looks and the more outdoorsman <laughs> of the two of us. So I, I have some other things that I researched as well. Oh. Paragliding's your uh, summer activity of choice. Do you paraski? Yeah. That's something... Um, so I am very aware of the dangers of paragliding and that mm-hmm. if I were to put my skis underneath a wing, I might have a false sense of confidence on how good I am. Seems intense, but it looks cool. It's, it's very Bond. I very bond. bond. You spent all summer posting things about paragliding. I learned in May and I got addicted. It's addictive. So it's the last year. Yeah. I've yeah. heard, I've heard, I was a bartender for many, many moons and I've heard people would just be like, quit quit everything they're doing to fly is it like that is it just like that it's like that but it's not like that immediately because it is so scary like the learning curve is quite real and understanding mm. like you're your kayaker you understand whitewater i don't have that background so therefore it's even more foreign uh, trying to understand air and not being able to see it so i'm still very much like oh my god what's gonna happen <laughs> and i've yeah. had cl- like things happen quick and you can't stop and that's like the biggest difference between skiing it's like if i'm like not feeling it i can stop before a cliff but you're just like sitting in this thing and i've definitely like found myself in trees and it's a whole new level of risk so i think th- but i have friends that are like around the two and a half year mark is when you're just like i don't need to do anything but fly because you understand the wing and you can act more like a bird where right now i'm like I don't know if I'm going to survive this one. So it's kind of heavy. <laughs> You're a baby bird. Oh my bird. gosh. Yeah. Nelly Furtado. I'm like a bird. Oh That's the God, only thing. That was stuck in my all summer. <laughs> so oh, actually, I didn't, We're there. I didn't know about this. You have, you're 26. Mm-hmm. You have some of the best taste in 90s music for your your footy, yes. as the kids say. The kids say the footy, footy. Massey. I, I, uh, I in too deep. Great, <laughs> yeah. great, like, what do you call that? A um, Just on the nose. Yeah. For your video where you're just slaying it, pal. Double meaning. And live in La, we talked about Ricky Martin a little while ago. Live in yeah. La Vida Verloca. And then the other one was something else. No, oh, I'm, no I'm doubt. I'm just a girl, yeah. No doubt. I was like, this, oh, how does this kid know these songs? I study. You study. But I mean, <laughs> I'm, you, we actually keep joking in the segment. So we talked about how much deep snow we've been having. But like that 90s, like 
we talked about it briefly, but just the type of density that you don't really find in this day and age. And so we were joking that it was 1999 in our mm. segment and like kind of just talking about Y2K and that coming and the anxieties that we were feeling. And so <laughs> like fear of Y2K. listening just to like 90s, like kind of punk rock and angsty with it felt good. It felt right. Kind of time traveling. 90 was my 1999. I started entering my angsty teen years. So I'm Sick. there. You're there. I'll have to pick your brain about some bad A lot of eyeshadow for you. I also, had two, I also had two older sisters, which like really influenced. Like there was no doubt was on the CD player on the way to school quite frequently. Shout out Lynn. You'll were appreciate you the, that. Were you the angsty twin or are you guys equal angst? Well, we we went to the CD store. I don't know if y'all remember this, but Hot you would topic. go to go to the CD store, <laughs> Blockbuster, and they were music. all like the the top ten albums were set out. You would listen to them. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I shopped my music. Nice. A lot of Fred Durst. <laughs> Not proud of it, but those are the facts. Kate, you know who Fred Durst is? Yeah, I'm gonna uh, Limp Biscuit. Oh like, yeah. Singer, Limp Biscuit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> legend. Yeah, of course. <laughs> legend of the game. <laughs> so we've talked about uh, what you're what you're doing. Last years prior this year, and you said you have now a kind of a side project and something you're, that you're looking forward to in the future, and you're a producer. Can we give you that title? Yeah, we're just stacking. Up, we're just Triple stacking threat. up Triple the threat. titles with Kate. Like Quadru- stack them, quadruple. Producer Kate, what do you have <laughs> on this side of what you're looking forward to, like making content wise? I like kind of speaking to what we were just talking about. Really appreciate older like snowboard skateboard culture. And kind of that raw, just like, I mean, those guys are so OG. The slams they take, the helmets they don't wear, it's out of control. But trying to take skiing, which has now become a very polished sport, and kind of showing like a more raw, honest approach of ski movies are just like, in my opinion, you see someone just like stomping the gnarliest stuff, but you don't see the four crashes that it took to get to the stomp or the training that goes into it. So I'm trying to create this side project that's, um, we're calling it Netflix binge style. So coming out in October Yes. at some point, hopefully this year, maybe next year, depending on funding, but where we have six different episodes, four of which are winter, two of which are summer, kind of taking a deeper dive into the community of big mountain skiers and adrenaline junkies and the parallels also with paragliding. So in the summer, there will be episodes talking about the paragliding community because that's a whole different nutcase. They're a different breed. Oh, yeah. And again, I'm going to reference my bartender days, but I've served skiers and snowboarders. I've even, Daryl Miller was one of those people at the pub that I would bounce ideas off of. And then there were the flyers and they, and they're all this kind of like serene group of people that nothing bothered them. And I was like, they have some sort of inner peace Mm -hmm. that I haven't tapped into. Have you seen any of that? Oh, absolutely. It's also kind of funny the way that this sport works because it's a very, it's like an older generation, like demographic. And now we're getting this like new age and you see it. Like I've had friends that have gotten more and more into flying. And as they do, they get more like send out. You're like, oh, you're finding it, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But sounds like a session in my garage, but yeah, all right. Yep, yep, yep. So there's definitely that. I also think there's like what I really respect about it is there's less of like the talk, you know, and skiing. You go to the bar if it's not COVID and someone's like, I did this, I did that. What'd you ski? And they're very much like talking about how good they are and paragliding. If you're still alive and you're not hurt, then you're good and you don't need to talk about it. And that's like a refreshing. Yeah, that's respect. Like, I skied under um, Saturn. I mean, that, what, like what line did you have? I guess like, right. you know, I went off Snow Mercury's King. Like, what, what are they even talking about? Stuff like that. Whoa, yeah. Breakneck, like all the gnarly ones. There's. The I guess there is spots that you launch off of is kind of where you 
as as you were like skiing a line or talking about your lines at the bar, right. drinking IPAs, being cool. Sure. It's like you would talk about what you jumped off of. Yeah, to but start. like or they, you, you would more talk about like the quality of the air. Ooh, you know, like is, that's hard to. It's very uh, subjective. Yeah, and I feel like they like <laughs> use funny terminology similar to the way skiers talk about snow, where they're like, yeah. it's like toasted marshmallow. It's like no, Whoa. it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you can teach us that we'll just use in conversation with those people, and they're like, these guys, these guys understand, they get it. Honestly, I hadn't heard toasted marshmallow yet. I don't even know if that's a thing. <laughs> Janky, I feel like that's like a very ski ski term. Janky. Clapped. That's. Do you want? Did you know the, the like? It's, it's like not clap as, back. Like oh, that <laughs> no, I've, skis I've, clapped, but busted. The, mm-hmm, mm. But the origin of it is cool. It was when they were hunting hares, and if a hare was like out of breath that they were hunting, they are breathing so hard that their rib cage is like moving in and out to the point where it looks like they're clapping because their arms are being like moved by their lung capacity. Oh, okay. All so right. when the hair is out of breath, it looks like it's clapping and they're like, oh, the hair's clapped. That's pretty wild. Kind of cool. Wow. Because I also what, thought it was like not a great term. Like I thought it what, was. What PBR about, drinking kid was like found clapped from the history of the guy fox with hunts. The, the guy with the round <laughs> spectacles and the weird stash and you're like, you don't have That's to look clapped. like that. Well, actually, <laughs> I'll, give you a, I'll give you a definition. Is there anything uh, flyer related that um, we can just start? Because I actually have a view of uh, Adam's Butte from uh, across the highway mm-hmm. in Rafter J. Yeah. And can I say something when they take off to... Hillary, that I'm like, yeah, that's a uh, that's a tasty line there. That's More like turn, like oh, like he just grabbed a thermal when they're starting oh, to go up. All right, I'm there. Something like that. I'm super new, so I'll get back to you on that. He grabbed a thermal <laughs> means like he elevated quickly, yeah. kind of like a hot air balloon or mm-hmm. a or a rocket ship. Exactly. Yeah. I think exactly. a rocket ship has its own power. Well, no, but like thermal, <laughs> like they're lifting, with, with being lifted. Their fuel, the fuel going fire. out the bottom. Color in the sky. Yes. That's like they're all like color in the sky, man, because they're like getting their paragliders in the sky. You know? Okay. Oh, okay. They're color right. in the sky. I'm like, yo, look, the sky's getting more colorful today. <laughs> nice. And my dog's like, can you just throw that? <laughs> um, you were talking about a little bit more behind the scenes with your new. You said you called it hardwired. Is that the name of it? Yeah. What dive into maybe without spoiling anything like the preparation someone has to do when they're about to go into something scary. It's really interesting because as I started doing hardwired, I started learning more about fear and I tracked down a woman that I was telling you guys a little bit about, about Kristen Ulmer, who was a TGR athlete. She was like basically the best female skier in the, in the world for 10 years in the nineties and then just stopped and like dropped off the face of the planet. And basically she was dealing for another 10 years with the repercussions of kind of just being in the, very masculine world of extreme skiing at that time and suppressing her fear and not listening to her gut and all this stuff. So I thought I had like this magic sauce when I was about to jump off something or go ski something. I had this like mantra that I would say where it was like, I release my fear to my higher self with love and light as a chosen experience, which is like a little heady, but it worked and it calmed me down completely. That's kind of badass. It was sweet and it worked. And then I like clacked my poles and I was like, oh, and I told her that. <laughs> that, big, that was a big awe there. <laughs> I really, really bought that. And then uh, I was talking to her about it. She's like, Kate, like fear isn't CO2. You just can't release it into the atmosphere. Like basically explain to me that if you are suppressing your fear, it's going to show up in different ways. And so I've now kind of taken that mantra and, not push it aside, but I understand that feeling fear is important. And so I allow myself to feel the fear. And I say something along the lines of like, you're a human. This is a big cliff. It's normal. You're scared. And when I honor that, it goes away. 
and then I don't feel the fear at all. And I actually turn it to, depending on the line and depending on the nature of it, if it's more stylish, I'll maybe do something different. But if it's like big, I get, I, I'm like, I'm excited. Like I'm grateful for this opportunity and I turn it to kind of like fueling it instead of being like, I'm going to stomp this, I'm going to stomp this, like yeah. whatever. Like I, I, that energy doesn't work for me. It has to be like more calm. So I'm currently kind of working on it and figuring out what works best for me. But just as like a umbrella, it, it's way, way calm for me. And I don't know if that's universal. I know that like some of the Daryl Miller guys, like storm show guys are like pounding their chest, amping up, like, you know, and that's not my approach, but I know that works for people. And so I think also I've been kind of playing with bigger airs and dabbling with the potential of doing that. And Julian Carr is like kind of the best in the game. And I was talking to him about those airs and he says like he does 80 foot, 100 foot airs. And Yo. the mindset that he gets into is different too as far as like complete peace because your body – he actually t spoke about drunk drivers. He's like, you want to get to the place of relaxation where if you impact after an 80-foot fall, you'll be fine and you can't be tense at all. And he was like, that's why oftentimes people in drunk driving accidents are able to walk away on skates because they're just chilling. Okay. <laughs> I, like to, I like to compare you. Wow. I would like to compare my uh, my professional career with drunk driving. <laughs> Mom, it's a lot like being hammered when you get in a car accident. It is. But I think that was cool for me to hear because I do think everyone has a different approach. And his is so zen. Like, he meditates in the landings. And he takes it kind of to a next level where I'm trying to calm down my heart rate so I can operate. Also, if you're tense in skiing, you're not flowy. And that's the type of skiing I like to do is, like, like we were talking about with the Corbett's comp when Hank hit that rock wall. He wasn't planning on it. And if he was tense, he probably would have like bounced off the thing. Sure. But he was calm and he was reacting. And so, yeah, everyone has a different approach. I need a, I need, I need a mantra. I'm too tense. Mantras too are tense. good. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I just tell myself, kind of, you better hold on, brother. <laughs> you works better, every time. You better hold on. <laughs> Talk Steve Austin yeah. to yourself. I'm like, yeah. my girls are watching. You better stomp this. <laughs> this girls super masculine. Uh <laughs> The uh, where are we when it comes to big lines these days? This year, with, yeah, with because I would describe my skiing style as probably like dinking and doinking, sure. Which like maybe the the stump is under enough snow where I can like hit a spread eagle off of it. Oh yeah. How would you describe your skiing this year? Pow. <laughs> There's been a lot of that yes. recently. A I mean, lot what, of pow. Has it snowed forty inches in the last five days. Yeah, it's been like almost two hundred in February. It's crazy. Whoa. But, and um, good snow. And February, super there good. was a bad, there was, what was that a few years ago when they took out the power lines? Oh, yeah. You, would you hear that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, like what was that? That was some snow, heavy garbage. Snow apocalypse. Snow apocalypse, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. And, and everyone just had to get drunk. That was Katrina. the only. <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> we actually got scolded on air for Long calling it wide privilege Katrina. That yeah. was one of the, the earlier controversies in D-Town Sports Talk It is world. different when something bad happens here. We're like, ooh, like, let's all hang out and make dinner and get drunk. Yes, but yeah. Really good February snow, and since and so where we're at actually is like, unfortunately our Abbey Danger is high, but we're getting to the point, as far as like my style of skiing and my my teammate Jim Ryan, we're really focused on big lines, but there's a very small window where that's a possibility between things having to fill in, the snow being stable, knowing that they're like for filming at least that the light's going to be good, and so we're kind of like stepping into that place, which is really exciting, but also like. 
the realities of the snowpack is it is dangerous. We've had a couple of deaths and stepping out is like really nerve wracking because mm-hmm. Cody hasn't been skied. January wasn't a very, it was a very dry month. So there wasn't a ton of skier compaction. And then because we've just not had clear skies and everyone's stoked on pow, no one's skied Cody. So it's they've left of, it alone. Yeah. That makes me have faith in humanity a little bit. Yeah. There's also a pretty <laughs> big natural slide on um, pucker, which I think spooked people rightfully so yeah um but things are definitely swollen right now and trying to like not be blinded by objective-based thinking just because i'm hungry i have until march 6th really to finish my segment and it's like oh my god there's some sun in the forecast tomorrow actually is our first day where we're gonna try to go get some stuff done and it's very like I don't know. It's a funny game, but I enjoy that because it's like I'm calling all the guides. I'm talking to them about like which aspects are holding, what they think is safe, what they would avoid. And kind of you're just so in tune with what you're working with and that part I like. It makes me feel very good that you are at least pursuing that information. Yeah. Is there some people in your field that just like gets on top of the line and someone tells them to go and they haven't given the snowpack a second thought? I like to think where we're at right now in the community is like people are really educated just because it's, I mean, I don't know why if it's so many travelers or the weather's getting gnarlier, but there are a lot of accidents. And I think even like TGR is really cool because they put on a a clinic for all their athletes early season. Every year we've got like three to four days where we're studying the snowpack, talking about rescue techniques, and it's encouraged by our sponsors to get that education. So, I mean, I think in years past, like for sure, it used to be cowboy and we just didn't know as much. And we have like all these resources and forecasters and it's kind of like irresponsible to not take advantage. And also as an athlete here in Jackson, the wealth of knowledge I have with the guides and with the Jeff Ledgers of the world and people that like have been skiing this terrain for 25 years know when it's a North wind, this stuff holds, this is good. Like it's just that type of experience you can't really trade. So I just like talking to them and I think it allows kind of this like cool, like coming together and bridge of different generations. That's, that's really encouraging to hear. Cause sometimes I think they're, Sometimes I think they're portrayed as kind of like the jock, like, oh, just, oh, just ski it, when in reality it, it is something completely different. And that sometimes happens, too. Like, I, in my career, have been really lucky to have people like Griffin Post and Sam Smoothie and Forrest Jilson and Jim Ryan and Veronica Paulson, whoever it might be that I'm filming with, where if we – I might not have skied the line, but I know the snow's good, and I can't see the line, so they're at the bottom with a radio telling me, all right, it's going to be a left footer about 15 feet below that. There's a mandatory air. It's about 10 feet. And then you're going to drop into a pocket. You're going to move to the, like that part of the communication with teammates is like a little blind. But if you have faith, the snow is good, then you're able to make those risks. That's crazy. It's like, it's like a, it's like a caddy on a putting green. Totally. And you trust him implicitly. (laughs) (laughs) This breaks right to left. Nine iron, huh? Well, you're fired. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Last, last bit of questioning here. March, what happens March the 6th? I just got the call today that I'm going to Alaska with TGR to go film a heli segment with Griffin Post, Johnny Collinson, and Elise Sogstedt, which is wild. That's is is this one of these moments where you're like, what am I doing? It totally hasn't hit me to be honest. Like I keep saying that, and it's like, your, doesn't your first hurdles to get to the, through the interview with Teton Sports Talk, and then you're gonna <laughs> really put this under the microscope and be for like, sure. where do you start to pack for Alaska? Probably the fifth. Okay. Were you, All right. Were you, yeah. I like that. Is, yeah. is that procrastination <laughs> or that's just smart? But probably procrastination. That's is it like, I know the weather window is closer to like when I'm packing. Does that make a difference or it's all procrastination? I think the, the reality of packing is it's like 
I know exactly what I'm going to put in my pack or mm-hmm. my bag. It's like, Doesn't it's going to take me 10 minutes. And then I also use that gear every single day prior. So yeah. like if I was a packet, it would just be like kind of a problem, but it's going, lost because it's in the washer and dryer. And you have yeah. like, wait a minute. I, don't, I haven't seen this. I haven't washed this stuff in months. It's not on the rack. The funny thing is, so you have to wear for continuity, the same outfit throughout your entire segment. Cause otherwise people get confused, right? If I had like a purple jacket and then a yellow jacket, they'd be like, who's that? And so my yellow jacket is so disgusting and dirty just from filming every day that I'm looking forward to. There's also burn holes in it because we're always making fires on sleds, as we discussed. And it's like just not a very professional look. So what I'm looking forward to is packing a new jacket for that trip. It's pretty. It's a little things. You said it's in Alaska. Can you say, can you say where? Um, is it a secret? We're still f- kind of figuring it out. Oh, yeah. But don't want the groupies to show up. Like yeah, it can't have it. Yeah. yeah. Alaska's pretty big. They don't have that dialed in to like maybe. S- Seward, a- Alaska. Because I, I know where that is. And then there's like... Moose. Well, Seward was the guy who sold it from Russia. Russia, No, the American who bought it, right? Ooh. Seward's purchase? Sounds right. I trust the man. You just regurgitated that from like some sort of college history. <laughs> yeah, that was Sam. weird. <laughs> it's like... About, yeah, repressing things. Well, <laughs> it just came up. <laughs> but Moose, Moose Pass, I just... So like literally got the phone call at 1030 today. Before I was here, I was talking to the producer, Charlotte Perkle, and she was like on this Google map showing me the zone. And it's like... It's crazy because it's like the spiniest, most gnarly stuff I've ever seen. And it's like, I'm just going to be put up there on a helicopter. And I know that when it happens, I will be ready and I will be in the moment and it'll be sweet. But right now it's like hard to wrap. It's like the Jimmy Chin thing of like, oh my God, I'm hanging out with Jimmy Chin. And then it's, those are the Griffin Post, like Angel or Johnny Collinson and Elise are like some of the best names in the industry. And all of a sudden you're in the mix. You're like, how did this happen? Well, I... From year one to year three with the, with your annual, annual interview with us, and we have to wrap up, we could not be bigger fans of yours. I appreciate it. I'm huge fans of you guys. Oh, stop kidding. <laughs> yeah, just, you're making me blush. Um, <laughs> no, you're just – I mean, you're very easy to talk to. It's great having you on the show. I and like you're, like, it. very um, – you're, you're good at explaining what you do and, like, the aspects. And I've heard, I've heard you on another podcast. You opened up about, like, mental health and those things and – the honesty level is huge. Like peeling back the curtain on the fear thing, I think is very cool with the project you're doing because you don't want to just show, if you just show people going and doing stuff, idiots or just kids or whatever are going to yeah. do it and follow suit and think they have it down. But I think it's really, I think that's really cool. The idea of showing the, the outtakes or blooper reel before you show or, or like with it you know yeah and ultimately and it came from my little sister being 14 and seeing instagram and being like that's the high like not her not quite wrapping her head around the fact that like that's not real and mm. and i think in our society not so much professional skiers but professional athletes in general we put on a pedestal and you break it down and they're real people and they feel fear even alex honnold who they say is fearless if you actually talk to him he will say he feels fear. Yes. He's like, those tests, they run are crap. Like, maybe I'm not afraid of the spider because it's like I'm in this controlled environment. But, like, I feel fear. You can't tell me otherwise. And so hearing that, even as a professional athlete, allows me to take a breath and be like, I'm not weak because I'm scared. This is a normal thing. And it gives you more power. Um, so that's, like, also the exciting part of, like, yeah, you can crash. and. Still I guess that fear. helps you grow a little bit if, if you don't have to do the hurdle of, like, well, no one else is – is anybody else scared? Right. Like, For knowing sure. that in your back of your head, like – Everyone's scared. Let's just let's just move on to the next thing. Everyone's scared. And Johnny Collinson was here for the for the King and Queens, and it was funny because I was watching from the bottom, which was like I was still nervous. I don't know if that was like PTSD <laughs> or what was going on, but he like comes up to Jim and I. He's like, 
hey, like, quick question. Um, do you guys feel like you would go do that right now? Because I don't, I, I don't know if I'm getting soft or like old, <laughs> but like I don't want to go do that. And I'm like, no, man, you're very normal. It's cool. Like, no worries. <laughs> that's that, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah, that is good to know. We're just real people. Kate, thank you. We cannot thank you enough, and we're we're super super appreciative as you you have just taken off you at least embellish our mediocrity when it comes Come to uh, <laughs> when it comes to success but sports fans uh that's it that's all Teton Sports Talk here on 891 KHL